So anyway, so about every day for the past month, first thing when I wake up in the morning, God prompts me saying, ask the Holy Spirit to teach himself, to teach you about himself. And so like, that's just been my prayer. I'm like, okay, Holy Spirit, come and teach me about yourself. Come and talk to me. Um, now, I'm not going to go into the whole theology of the Godhead. Uh, I, I had the privilege of needing to teach that to junior hires, and it's like not fun. But anyway, but we have God the Father, Jesus, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And I know that all of you are familiar with that. Um, they each are their own personhood, although they are the same power, right? Um, and so God the Father has, has like his, his role, Jesus did his role, and then the Holy Spirit has his own personhood and, and uh, purpose of why he came. And it was so beautiful during prayer this morning that I, I want to I, I say it was Cecilia. I think it was Cecilia who talked about how, or maybe it was Michael, everyone that got up prayed about the Holy Spirit this morning, which was so cool. Um, uh, but, but so beautiful of God. You think of, of how the union of, of the Godhead works and how God, we see, we see his spirit throughout the Old Testament right? It would come upon people. It would anoint people. Um, it would hover. So we see the Spirit of God in the Old Testament. Uh, but the beauty of, of how the Father sent his Son, Jesus, and we, we know the history. We know of him dying and, and raising and reconciling us to him. But then of Je- And so that Jesus gave us access, right, of forgiveness of sins, of being reconciled, of being called righteous, and of being called sons and daughters of God. Um, but then the beauty of Jesus leaving and encouraging when, when everyone, when his disciples were sad, he was saying, no, you want me to go. Like, it's better that I go because of what the Holy Spirit is going to do. And, and just the, the beauty of all of the Godhead pointing back to us and God being in union and being together. And, and, and each of the Godhead, like, working in ways to meet with the children of God so that we can be in lockstep with God. It's just so beautiful. And so when Jesus leaves earth, you guys know the story, he, sent, he, he said to the disciples, you know, stay here and wait. Now, I was, I was listening, or I was listening to this study about the Holy Spirit, and it was so cool because he was saying that um, the Jewish people knew that Jesus was talking about, like, the promise, because God had spoken about the promise forever. And so Jewish people, when Jesus was like, wait and stay here, they, they knew, they, they listened and they obeyed Jesus, but they knew and they had expectation for something, for the promise to come. And the promise was the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They didn't understand the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but they knew that there was a promise 
coming to them. And the promise was the Spirit of God that would rest. What does Joel 2 say? The Spirit of God that would be poured out on all flesh, on men and women alike. And so there was such a significance and anticipation within the Jewish community, um, within the disciples, although they didn't understand that <laughs> when tongues of fire fell on them, and, and we know that the whole full baptism, and um, we know that story. Uh, but I just, I want to paint the picture of the beauty of God's love and affection towards us when he gives us the Holy Spirit. It is something that constantly runs through my mind is, is God, who am I that you are mindful of me? I say that to him almost every week because it's, it's so beautiful. We can get stuck in all of our like, I want, I need, you should do this for me. But the truth is, who are we that God, the creator, is mindful of us and so uh, intentional and so set on showing his affection towards us that he would leave the Holy Spirit to baptize his sons and daughters. It's so beautiful. It's his affection towards us. It's his kindness towards us. It's his goodness towards us. And so I really want, as I'm speaking, for you guys just to stir up this anticipation for meeting with the Holy Spirit today. I know many of you have been baptized in his spirit, um, but there's no end to God. Sometimes we need a rebaptism. And I want to explain to you if you have Jesus in your heart, if you've asked Jesus in your heart, and you are a child of God, you have the Holy Spirit inside of you. Okay, so He is in you. The thing about baptism is that you are actually going to be immersed, you will be in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit lives inside of you because it's the Spirit of God that you accepted when you acknowledged Jesus as your Savior. But being baptized in the Holy Spirit is saying, I am going to be immersed in him. He's in me, but I'm going in him. Does that make sense? It is, it is the baptism where he fully comes upon you and everything changes. I... I think I might be speaking on the Holy Spirit for like the next however many times I speak because it's so endless who he is. He is the spirit of understanding. He gives counsel. He is the comforter. He leads and directs and he, he, he does so much. We receive power when he comes upon us. The spirit of prophecy can come upon us. The anointing to heal the sick and to cast out demons. So there's a lot. I can't spend all my time trying to do that today. I want to focus on one thing that I think is so incredibly beautiful is uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 16. Um, wow, people still carry their Bibles. I am impressed. Okay, I heard some Bible shuffling. That is nice. Um, <laughs> oh, there are the pews. Oh, you're not as holy as I thought you were. <laughs> Elkin? Elkin wins. Okay. Um, okay, so Romans 8, verse 16. For his Holy Spirit speaks to us deep in our hearts. Tell us deep in our hearts. And tells us that we are God's children. Oh, so good. 
Okay, I'm going to skip down to verse 26. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our distress. For we don't even know what we should pray for, nor how we should pray, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that, can, that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. So good. So, we're going to spend some time in worship. And the entire goal of spending time in worship here is we are saying, Holy Spirit, come. Baptize me. Consume me. So I want to talk a little bit about this verse. I want everyone to just close their eyes and give themselves the opportunity to be sensitive to God's Spirit. When it says the Spirit of God speaks deep in our hearts, that means we have to get rid of all the surface stuff that's consuming our minds. All the stuff in our hearts that feels like it's a really big deal, that might plague our thought life. We have to sit and rest, and we have to let the Holy Spirit, we have to see, Holy Spirit, you're speaking deep into the heart, and you're telling me, you're affirming me, just like you did Jesus, that I'm a child of God. And what that means is that there is nothing in your life that will not be reconciled. He's got you. He has got you. He is protecting you. He is comforting you. He is providing for you. He has got you. And then it says that the Holy Spirit prays on our behalf. Who are we that he is mindful of us? That he would pray with groanings on our behalf for the will of God to be accomplished in our lives. And so I want you to take a second and I want you to thank the Holy Spirit for praying for you that the perfect will of God would be accomplished because he knows far more than you know. He sees above and beyond what you could ever see and he prays with groanings on your behalf that the perfect will of God would be accomplished in your life. So I want you to take a moment and just thank the Holy Spirit for praying on your behalf. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I want to tell you guys the need for God's believers to be in communion with the Holy Spirit is so significant. The Bible explains that the Holy Spirit gives us the understanding, but it also tells us how to live as God's children. The Holy Spirit tells us how to live as God's children. It tells us, don't send that text message. (laughs) It tells us, 
how to pray. The Holy Spirit teaches us. It corrects, it rebukes, but it also guides. It also, the Holy Spirit is in lockstep with heaven. And if we are in communion with the Holy Spirit, then we move in lockstep with heaven. We're not doing things outside of God's will because we're, we're baptized in the Holy Spirit. We are immersing ourselves into the water, into the river of the Holy Spirit, so we could only flow which way the river goes. It's such a beautiful relationship. And it is time for the people of God to be consumed by the presence of God again. And one thing that has to change for us to do that is we have to break off the spirit of religion in our lives. I'll tell you what religion does. It's cancerous to the Holy Spirit. Well, the Holy Spirit can't get cancerous, but you know what I'm saying? It is toxic. It breaks the cord between you and the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit cannot be told what to do by people. It can only be told what to do by the Father. And when we have a religious mindset, what it does is it tells you how God should operate and how a life with God needs to look. But if you look at the Bible, it's absolutely wild. The Spirit of God speaks through donkeys and the Spirit of God raises the dead. And the Spirit of God does, does things that people would not be comfortable with doing. Jesus put mud in a blind man's eyes to heal him. That doesn't make sense. Religion doesn't tell you that that's how God looks like. But read the stories of the Bible. When the Spirit of the Lord rests on a person, the person does not look normal. In fact, all of culture comes against that person. Whether it's a prophet, a king, a judge, or a disciple, it looks weird. And so I have to tell you, if you're really comfortable in the culture, it probably means you have not immersed yourself in the Spirit of God. If you're not wild a little bit, means we can take some more of the Holy Spirit. Read through the Bible of what happens to people when the anointing of God comes upon them. The Bible says that it's the anointing that breaks the yoke. The Bible says that the anointing came upon Jesus to preach the good news and to set the captives free. There is something that happens to a person when the Holy Spirit consumes them and sets them on fire. And I'm here to remind you guys, some of you have been set on fire in the past, but you have stepped out. Something happened along the line where you once were consumed by the Holy Spirit. And although he still lives in you, although he still prays on your behalf, the, the communion with him, the daily talking with him, the daily resting in his presence, the daily being nudged by him to do things has gotten quieter. So I've been seeing for about a month right over here, I want to tell you guys, too. You can think I'm super crazy. That's totally fine. <laughs> it really is. Um, there is such thing as manifest presence of God that are in certain spaces. 
He's everywhere with the believers, but then there's something special where he decides to deposit something. And I have seen right over here in this area, a, a, like a tunnel of wind, almost like a mini tornado for about a month. And I've been asking God what it is, and he says it is my Holy Spirit waiting to take over and to consume lives. And I said, well, God, how do we do it? And he said, my personhood needs to be common in their lives. The Holy Spirit needs to be so common to us, not common to where we are irreverent to him, but so common it's because we are one with him. We commune with him. We don't just ask him to come and help when we need him, but we are baptized into who he is. When you think about the baptism of Jesus, he went down in water, and we do that. We baptize in water. He went down in water. The Holy Spirit descended on, upon him as a dove, and in that moment, God affirmed him as his son, right? And so if you think about what a baptism is with us in the Holy Spirit, is that he's coming down upon us, and he's affirming us as his children. What do the children of God look like? How do the children of God operate? How do the children of God think? It's so different. It's so different. And it's, and it's, I want to tell you guys, the most powerful warfare that I have ever engaged in for my own life is recognizing that I am a child of God. And what has legal access to me as a child of God is not the same that has legal access to me when I was not a child of God. When you're a child of God, things do not have a legal access to you anymore. The only access that it has in your life is what you give it. And so in the past few years or, or however long you have felt like you have gone away from the initial time how many of you guys can raise your hands and say, oh, I remember the first time I felt the, the Holy Spirit come upon me. The first time you had an encounter with the Holy Spirit. It's so good. It's so good. But I want to tell you guys, it's supposed to be reoccurring. And not the same every way, but that the, the, it's endless. The Spirit of God is endless. But however far we have stepped away from like that initial thing where we're like, oh, Holy Spirit, baptize me, consume me, set me ablaze. You know, we have all these like Christian words for, for what it is with the baptism. But really what it is is saying, I am fully 100% yours as a child of God. But what happens when we move away from that is we give permission to other things and so our thought life. Vince has been talking about our thought life a lot with anxiety and with fear. And so what happens is, is we, we give permission to those things by engaging with those thoughts and by agreeing with them. But I want to tell you that legally, they don't have a right to you. Their prosperity in your life is no longer granted because you are a child of God. And so there's so much. I, I'm going to stop talking soon. Uh, but there's, there's so I want to tell you that my, but, but the unity with the Holy Spirit and understanding that the Holy Spirit coming upon me is affirming me as a daughter of Christ, as a daughter of God, has been the best warfare that I have ever been able to have in my life. It is the best tools and the best weapons that I've had when things come and I'm 
I recognize it. Sometimes I agree. And then I'm like in a spiral. <laughs> but when I recognize it, I say, oh, no, no, you have to get out of this door. Because your legal access to me has been broken off. You no longer have a right to me because I am an adopted heir to Jesus Christ. I'm a co-heir with the victory of Jesus Christ and the resurrection of Christ. And so everything that comes against me actually has to come under subject of the authority of Jesus Christ in my life. Because why? It's mine. I, I share in that resurrection power. It's actually legally mine because of who my dad is. And so that is what the Holy Spirit, when he comes upon you, he comes and he says, you're the child of God. You're a co-heir with Christ. Now you're in lockstep with heaven. Now remain in me. What does it say? Remain in me. So there's an active participation on our behalf to stay there. We have a choice if we want to get in and out of the river. So what I want us to do is I'm going to have Irona come up, and we're just going to enter a time of worship. I, I did it this way, so you guys are trapped. <laughs> you guys have to stay for the second part of worship. No, um, I did it this way because I want, with the intention, I want a prophetic act for you guys to come up here. Now, there is significance of why we call it the altar, and there's a significance of why we call you up. Is God everywhere? Yes, he is. But there is a significant thing of making the effort. Jesus said when he healed everyone, what did he say to them? Get up and walk or go in peace. There was always something that the person had to do to, like, agree with what Jesus was saying. And so coming up to the altar is a thing where I'm asking you guys to come up and make an effort and make an agreement. And the intention today is saying, Holy Spirit, will you baptize me? Whether it's for the first time or whether it's for the 50th time, consume me. I need you in my life. But not only do I need you in my life because he is, but I am saying, Holy Spirit, I'm going to step in and immerse myself in who you are, in the personhood of you. And I want to tell you guys that there will be different things that happen to everyone. So don't look like to the right or to the left of what's happening. I cry every time I'm in the presence of God. Some people shake. I've sh some people laugh. Some people fall over. <laughs> There are different things that, that, that God does. And just let him do it in you. He knows you better than anyone else. He loves you more than anyone else. So what I want you to do before we start is I want you to go through a repentance prayer with me. And I want you to repent for any religious thoughts that you have agreed with that says, that, that boxes the Spirit of God in your life in, that maybe pushed him out a little bit because it's uncomfortable. And we're just going to break that off, and then we're going to invite the Holy Spirit to do what he wants to do in our lives. And so, Holy Spirit, 
We just thank you so much that you teach us how to talk to the Father. You teach us how to be children of God and co-heirs with Christ. Holy Spirit, we know that it is for our good that you stayed here for us, that you descended from heaven, that you've come, that now we can have full communion with heaven. It is not partial. It is not just coming upon one person or one nation, but Holy Spirit, you come so that all flesh would experience you. And so Holy Spirit, right now we just repent and we renounce every religious mindset that we've agreed with. And we just say, Holy Spirit, we allow you as, as head of this house, Holy Spirit, I allow you to come and move however you want to move. We yield this house to you. We submit all authority to you. We just say, have your way. Would you do it in me, Holy Spirit? Would you do it in our people? In whatever way you want to move in their lives, Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you baptize with fire that would burn away every iniquity and every sickness and every disease and every spirit of anxiety and fear? Holy Spirit, would you come and would you set people on fire and would you send them out? We love you so much, Jesus. Amen. All right, so let's come up and worship and go after Holy Spirit.